Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. A wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. And by Stone Bank, a community bank supporting entrepreneurs and farmers nationwide with loans guaranteed by the USDA, SBA, and Farm Services Agency. Learn more at StoneBank.com. And the Arkansas Arts Council, empowering the arts for the benefit of all Arkansans. On the web at ArkansasArts.org. Hey everybody, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week we get to show off some fine Ozark songwriters as we present a show of all original music by some of our talented neighbors. Recorded live at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. Down in the vault, my friend Mark Jones has found a recording of one of Arkansas's best-known songwriters, and songwriter Charlie Sandage speaks with Ozark Folk Center master printer Troy Odom about the techniques of early printing presses. That's all this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. Over the years, Arkansas has produced some amazing songwriters. Glenn Campbell, LaVon Helm, and Johnny Cash, to name a few. Up here in the Ozarks, we're blessed with some fine writers. Maybe not so well-known, but great songwriters just the same. Let's start this week's show with a couple of clever songs from Melissa Carper of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Changing him, babe. I ain't saying that I won't miss you, but Arkansas is calling me. Taking my truck where I don't lock it up. I'm heading to the DMV. Getting Arkansas place, one of the prettiest states. Ain't long before I'm leaving Texas now. I feel like she has a, a sense of humor in a lot of her songs that is similar to John Prine. I know she listened to him growing yeah. up. I don't know if she like 
just has inherently that sense of humor with some of her songs or if that really influenced her songwriting. But I could compare a lot of her, especially her upbeat songs to the play on words and, and things like that. Like, and she kind of changes some words to rhyme and things like that in like a silly way. But to me, that's who I would compare Melissa to the most. But still, yeah, original. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I love that <laughs> comparison. Yeah, I mean, I could only hope that some of my songs sound like something John Prine would write. But yeah, that's that's great. And I I did listen. I immersed myself in in a double John Prine tape for a long time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm cheating on my old Chevy van. I found a new car. She's shining red, and it just doesn't feel right to have a wheel in my hand. It feels like I'm cheating. On my old Chevy van And there ain't much it seems Every stays the same And I miss cassette tapes And the old record plays And she's been my one true Old steady friend I just can't give up on that old family van. That was Arkansas musician and songwriter Melissa Carper singing her original songs, Arkansas Plates, and Old Chevy Van. Another gifted songwriter who comes to mind is Carolyn Carter, who lives close by here and has a beautiful voice and a wonderful way with words. Here are a couple of her originals, starting with Bridge Builder. Um, I've heard stories here in the hills 
uh, for a long time how when the, uh, there's a dying child or elderly that's passing, you know, the crow or the blackbird will always come set in the tree. And then they would always call, some people call them the granny mother because they're granny woman because there wasn't no doctors. Uh, my grandma called them the grandmother. So anyway, I just wrote this song from some stories I heard. It's a new song called The Bridge Builder. Death bones rattle in the trees. The old grandmother brings the lily. Her tangled hair blows in the breeze. Blackbird sits in the window.
blackbird lifted from the window straight back to hell he flew and as your spirit rose you whispered farewell my friend the bridge is in view and she said Well, I started coming up here because of the music when we'd go camping and things like that. And uh, then over the years, uh, my husband and I decided that we would move here. And so we did. We sold our little trailer and uh, we bought a camper like everybody <laughs> that comes to Mountain View. And we bought three little acres of woods up by the Blanchard Springs Caverns. And we moved our camper up there and we built a room onto it and a chicken pen. And then I went to work, like same story everybody does up here. <laughs> so I was sitting in my house, my little trailer. Snow was really high that winter. And I had my old quilt hanging over the front door. You know how that is when you've got all those drafts in your house. My husband Jeff was out checking these traps. I wrote this song called The Quilt. There's a little yellow quilt at the foot of my bed. They tuck it neath my chin at night, fluff the pillow neath my head. Helps her sleep, it seems. It's the quilt my mama gave to me the day I turned 16. She wrapped it in her Sunday shawl, the one her mama made. And she laid it on my dresser at the end. picture of a countryside an old house and a stream on the quilt my mama gave to me the day I turned 16 blow north wind blow 
Take me to this place It looks so warm It looks so safe My memory fails me Yet I still dream Of the quilt my mama gave to me The day I turned 16 It went with me to college It kept me warm at night And when I ventured on my own It kept my blue Mountain View, Arkansas, singer-songwriter Carolyn Carter with a couple of her songs, Bridge Builder and The Quilt. It's time for a short break. When we come back, it'll be time for my weekly visit with the ever-vigilant Mark Jones. So stick around. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. 
Since its inception in 1973, the Ozark Folk Center has hosted and recorded thousands of performances. We've got a vault here at the Folk Center where we keep these recordings of past shows. Mark Jones is our sound engineer here and is the keeper of the vault. Why don't we go down and see what he has for us this week? Hey, Mark, you down here? Yeah, Dave, I'm over here. How are you? I'm so glad you come down here to see me. Well, it's good to see I don't get down here often enough. What have you got for us this week, Mark? Oh, Dave, we've got a lot of treasures down here, hidden treasures. And I just blowed the dust off of this one. It is a recording of Jimmy Driftwood. Now, a lot of y'all don't know, but Jimmy was instrumental in starting the Ozark Folk Center. Now, he didn't do it all by himself in any way, but he did a big part of it. I remember hearing Jimmy back in the 1950s when I was just a kid. He had some pretty popular songs at that time, didn't he? He really did. And I was able, I came down here with my mom and dad, who have been in music business a long time, and uh, I met, got to meet Jimmy a long time ago, and then eventually got to work with him on a tour that we did. Rack and Sack went out, and we did like 35, 36 colleges in a row, and it was a lot of fun. But one day, I remember we were practicing, and boy, Jimmy come in, he was some mad, oh, he was burnt up. Somebody, and you know, in his shows, he always invites people to his house to drink a Pepsi with him. And if he's not there, just go on in and get you one yourself. I remember him saying that. Yeah. Well, somebody helped themselves to a Pepsi and tuned every instrument that he had in the house up to standard pitch where every, other people could play with him. Well, what Jimmy would do would find these old instruments and he'd tune them to where it suited his voice. And so then he had to go through and retune all the instruments in the house that would match his voice. But he did a great job uh, collecting, writing, and, you know, one of the th first things that he was ever known for is a teacher, and uh, he more or less taught history and about the Ozarks, and this song that I've dug up for you today to listen to, and it's one I know you've heard before, but if you listen to the words, he taught elementary class American history, and it has a lot to do with American history called the Battle of New Orleans. Well, let's hear a little bit of that from a recording from 1973 at the Ozark Folk Center. All the songs that I've had that have been big songs were songs that I composed to teach a class in school. I'm going to do one of those songs now. Some of you may want to join in with me. Well, in 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down the mighty Mississippi. Took a little bacon and we took a little beans and we met the bloody British near the town of New Orleans. 
Fired our guns and the British kept a coming. There wasn't I as many as there was a while ago. Fired once more and now they began to running down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. We see Mars Jackson walking down the street, talking to a pirate by the name of Gina Feet. Gave Gene a drink that he brought from Tennessee, and the pirate said he'd help us drive the British in the sea. The French said, Andrew, you'd better run, for Pakenham's a-coming with a bullet in his gun. Old Hickory said he didn't give a damn, gonna whip the britches off of Colonel Pakenham. Fired our guns, and the British kept a-coming, there wasn't as many as there was a while ago. Fired what the old and they began to run down Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. Well, we looked down the river and we see the British come And there must have been a hundred of them beating on the drum Stepped so high and they made the bugles ring While we stood beside our cotton bales, didn't say a thing Old Hickory said we could take them by surprise If we didn't fire the musket till we looked them in the eyes We held our fire till we see their faces well And opened up our squirrel guns and really gave them hell We fired our guns and the British kept a coming There wasn't as many as there was a while ago Fired once a more and now they began to run Down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico Till we fired our cannon till the barrel melted down So we grabbed the alligator and we fought another round Filled his head with cannonballs and powdered his behind And when we touched the powder off the gator lost his mind We'll march back home but we'll never be content Till we make old Hickory the people's president And every time we think about the bacon and the beans Think about the fun we had with down in New Orleans Fired our guns and the British kept a coming. There wasn't as many as there was a while ago. Fired once a more and they began to run it down Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. Well, they ran through the bars and they ran through the brambles and they ran through the bushes where a rabbit couldn't go. Ran so fast the hounds couldn't catch them down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. We fired our guns and the British kept a coming. There wasn't as many as there was a while ago. Fired once the more and they began to run it down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. This week we're presenting some fine original songwriters who've been recorded here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. Cindy Wolf lives in Springfield, Missouri and performs with her partner, Mark Ballou, as The Creek Rocks. Here Cindy sings a song she wrote about a saying she learned from her grandma.
Missouri songwriter Cindy Wolf singing her song Welcome as the Flowers in May. Hearing Cindy reminds me of another young lady from right here in Mountain View who performs regularly on our shows, Grace Stormont. Grace is a multi-instrumentalist and a songwriter to boot. When 
We've just been listening to young musician and songwriter Grace Stormont singing her original song, In That Beautiful Place. Grace was singing that song accompanied by the band Taller Than You, which is led by a champion hammered dulcimer player, Ben Hagwood, who also writes songs. Here's Ben with an original song of his. Does it fall upon your skin softly as back then? 
Mineral Point, Missouri, hammered dulcimer player Ben Hagwood with his song, Color of the Rain. Ben's band, Taller Than You, is called that because almost every member of the band is over six feet tall. It must be something in the water, I guess. It's time for another short break. When we come back, our old friend Charlie Sandage will present an overview of old-time printing presses. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Let's take a trip with author and folklorist Charlie Sandage to the old-time print shop at the Ozark Folk Center. Troy Odom's shop in the Crafts Village at the Ozark Folk Center features the very latest in modern technology. That is, if you're thinking in terms of industrial technology as it was emerging during the late 19th century. Probably in the late 1800s, um, there was a lot changing at that time, and it was certainly going modern um, because of the Industrial Revolution. There was a lot of iron presses, presses before the type that we have here at the Folk Center were generally wooden, um, old hand presses that required up to three people to operate them. These that we have here are more mechanized, more automated, although they are, some of them are still foot powered and hand powered. Certainly the papers hand fed into the machine. For years, Troy taught graphic design in the public schools of Newport, Arkansas. Now he runs the print shop at the Folk Center. If you were to visit him there, he would explain that even though he is surrounded by iron machines that spin and whir in the best traditions of the industrial age, the most time-consuming part of his work is unchanged since Gutenberg. It would usually fall to the printer's devil, a young apprentice who had to learn the quite literally dirty work of hand-setting type. They would have learned the typesetting process first. They would have uh, first uh, memorized the, the case, the type case, the order of the case. They had to know, just like a typewriter keyboard, they had to know exactly where all of the letters were in order to be able to find them and uh, assemble them into lines of type um, quickly and efficiently. So that's the first step. The type is set, then it is uh, formed into a page uh, line by line, set in a composing stick, which eventually would get it into a rectangular block. Uh, but this block is composed of 
hundreds and even thousands of pieces of individual type that have to be held together tightly in order to be able to get them in the press. So, so they are assembled in, in, a, in a metal frame called the chase. The chase has clamps in it. The clamps are called coins. So you've heard to coin a phrase, we're coining the phrase or the page to print with those little wedge devices that, again, date back hundreds of years. So, so the term coin to coin a phrase is directly related to the old time printing. So once that phrase is coined or tightened inside of this frame, it is placed in, into the printing press and the press um, will ink, will apply a coating of ink to the type and just simply press or stamp it onto the paper. The first printer to set up shop anywhere in Arkansas was William Woodruff, who published the first edition of the Arkansas Gazette in 1819 at Arkansas Post, where the Arkansas River runs into the Mississippi. Almost immediately afterward, he loaded his hand-operating letterpress to travel up the Arkansas River to the new territorial capital of Little Rock. By the time print shops would have existed anywhere in the Arkansas Ozarks, their technology would have been a hybrid, ancient hand-setting of type and industrial-era machines to turn out the final product. The reason for just about every printing operation of that time was that someone wanted to turn out a newspaper, but once a shop was in place, it was ready to do other business. There was certainly a need for commercial printing. There were flyers and handbills and businesses needed forms for their operation. So there was a great deal of other than journalistic type printing, other than publication printing, there was a need for uh, copies and cards and invitations. And you have the old uh, wanted posters where the outlaws were up to no good and they were had the ability actually in, into the late 1800s to print photographs on these posters. So there was a need for a lot of printing as advertising and uh, just general personal and business printing. I asked Troy what he hoped visitors to his shop would take away, other than just seeing curious machines from another time at work. He reflected on the role the profession of printing had played from the time of Gutenberg until the age of the modern computer. Its impact, he observed, was simple but profound. Literacy itself was made available to greater and greater percentages of the people who lived anywhere in the world. Books, publications of all kinds were at hand for everyday folks because of the work done by people like himself using the kind of equipment that fills his workspace. During the years before his retirement as a teacher, Troy and his wife had begun to visit the folk center, often volunteering in various roles, and a dream began to form. In 2010, everything uh, fell into place that we could move to Mountain View and my dream um, of running the print shop here at the park uh, came true. So I'm really appreciative and uh, of the opportunity uh, that I have been given to, to manage this wonderful old print shop. It's just uh, really neat to come in here every day 
and operate this equipment and, and show our visitors how it works. Some video or still shots of Troy at work can be found on the Facebook pages of both Ozark Highlands Radio and the Ozark Folk Center. Thanks, Charlie. This week we're featuring original songs performed by the artists who wrote them. Earlier in the show, we heard a couple of songs by Melissa Carper. Now let's listen to a song by a bandmate of hers, Rebecca Paddock. That was Come Up and Meet Me, written and sung by Rebecca Paddock, an award-winning fiddler with the Eureka Springs, Arkansas band, The Buffalo Gals. Let's close out this week's show with a couple of original songs by multi-instrumentalist Willie Carlisle. 
Willie is a traveling minstrel, actor, and storyteller who hails from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I realized uh, when I was on the road and playing a song called Stone County that there's a Stone County in pretty much every southern state. So I'd say, uh, this is a song for a girl I knew from Stone County, and some girl in the back goes, woo! <laughs> well, Kentucky or West Virginia or wherever the heck I was. Um, so uh, I think now this song is for every girl from every Stone County that has ever existed. <laughs> Well, I was born in a suburban city. I used to play baseball in concrete lots. As a teenage boy, I was none too pretty. Well, a hug at the door was far as I got. I moved to the country at 22. Tell me what else could a poor boy do? Well, I found what I was dreaming of. Oh, how mountain girls can love. She said, bud, let me take you back to Stone County where the whippoorwill sings in the hills and valley. The air is clean and the folks are keen on strawberry wine and pure gasoline. There's a population of 95. I get lost inside her eyes. It's dirt road uphill, it's all left turns. Get lost all night, I'll never learn. She's round as a biscuit, busy as a bee. She's the prettiest thing you ever did see. She's sharp as a thumbtack, deep as a cup. Takes pints of Budweiser to fill her up. She said, bud, let me take you back to Stone County where the whippoorwill sings in the hills and valley. The air is clean and the folks are keen on strawberry wine. Your gasoline. I admit I don't know what pure gasoline is, or the difference between pure gasoline and regular gasoline. But sometimes you just gotta write a song, even if it's a little bit dumb. Towards that end, here's the final verse. <laughs> well, she's hotter than a fresh fleeced fox in a forest fire. Every time she's gone, I'm wondering where she are. It's Baptist fire coming out her guitar. Well, she's my little Ozark star. She said, bud, let me take you back to Stone County where the whippoorwill sings in the hills and valley. The air is clean and the folks are keen on strawberry wine and pure gasoline. She's my strawberry wine. She's my... I went to, I got a bachelor's degree in uh, performance studies and uh, creative writing with a focus in poetry, and I went to graduate school for poetry um, to get a master's of fine arts, and I, I did get the degree, um, but I'm sort of using it for renegade causes, if that makes any sense. <laughs> when I look at folk music, here's this traditionalist thing that is typically held uh, by people from, from my uh, income bracket. Uh, this tradition that has inside of it um, paths towards sustainability and uh, that also epitomizes the socioeconomic and racial issues that are in the country 
um, then you think, okay, maybe I can do some good here if I dig up this old music and find a way to talk about it um, in a way that's engaging to people, uh, that addresses um, social, economic, and, and racial issues. I know that sounds very, very heady um, because I like, because mostly I do it because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, <laughs> Yeah. But uh, trying to do some good with your work, um, I think, is a part of like an artistic Hippocratic oath. Well, my grandmother grew up in a two-room shack. The last of seven children she used to dress in gunny sacks. Said that times were hard, families scattered near and far. Like seeds into the dirt, like the dimmest set of stars. And there's preachers every Sunday, muscadines each fall. I'd like to die in Arkansas if I should die at all. You could call it alchemy, some ancient art of old. Hillbillies with no money spin their garbage into gold. That's us. Cause I swear a square dance saved my life one hot summer's day. I swear I was about to end myself, I swear I was bound away. I swear I heard the voice of God between the caller's cries. An Ozark fiddle tune, a pretty girl's brown eyes. And there's preachers every Sunday, muscadines each fall. I'd like to die in Arkansas if I should die at all. I thought that being poor would weigh heavy on my soul. But it's a little drunken happiness like this that makes me whole. And you say that anyone could make it, I guess that's so. I know I ain't Walt Whitman, I know she ain't Van Gogh. You can't account for taste, but I know my north from south. It's a little folk art masterpiece when she opens up her mouth. It's a little folk art masterpiece when she opens up her mouth. And there's preachers every Sunday, muscadines each fall. I'd like to die in Arkansas if I should die at all. You could call it alchemy, some ancient art of old. Hillbillies with no money spend their garbage into gold. If you've got that chorus now, I'd love to sing it with you one last time before I go here. There's preachers every Sunday, muscadines each fall. I'd like to die in Arkansas if I should die at all. Well, there's preachers every Sunday, muscadines each fall. I'd like to die in Arkansas if I should die at all. Thank you very much. I'm Willie Carlisle. Have a great Friday night. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to you. A couple of songs from Arkansas songwriter Willie Carlisle, Stone County and Folk Art Masterpiece. I hope you enjoyed listening to all these talented songwriters we featured this week. We'll be back next week with more good music and folklore from the Ozark Mountains. This is your host, Dave Smith. Have a great week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at arkansasstateparks.com. 
the Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974, and by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar. Mm-hmm.